0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Outdoor Executive Dad, the show for parks and conservation professionals where we talk to some of the leaders in our industry to find out the tips and tricks and habits and tactics that will help us become better leaders in our families, in our careers, and in our communities. Because we have one world to leave the next generation, it's up to us to make it a good one. I am your host, Chris Lee, and today I am talking with Cammie Rankin and Shay Rossetti from Polk County Conservation. They were the leaders of the community outreach program there at Polk County uh, at the time and prior to Polk County doing its most recent bond. And uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and, and look that one up where I talked with Rich Leopold the director there in Polk County about the most recent bond that they did. It was part of my county bond series uh, I did a little bit a while ago. But, uh, uh, you know, when you when you look at it, you got to ask yourself, we can build this stuff or we can do these things. But if nobody knows about it, what does that mean? If you build it, they will come is the adage that we're all aware of. But if you build it and nobody knows about it, are they actually going to come? Or if you build this program, you build this department or this operation, and you expect people to pay for it, how are they going to know what it is that you offer unless you have some way of reaching out to the public, engaging with the public, engaging with the people that come to your parks, that visit your conservation areas, and build that relationship This is more than just marketing. This isn't just doing some radio ads and some newspaper ads. And we're going to hear about that from these two uh, in that, you know, they call it the community outreach division. They don't call it the marketing division. They don't call it the advertising division. It's community outreach. It's really engaging with the community and building those relationships. And that's how Polk County is able to pass a $65 million bond with 80 plus percent of the vote that's how they've cultivated a relationship with the citizens there that has built just an enormous level of trust and i just find this fascinating and i think as conservation and parks professionals we could do such a better job of this in our communities and and really build that engagement and that would that would go a long way towards reaching our goals of sustaining natural resources of building great parks and and getting people outdoors and, and all the great benefits that come from that. So. This was a fun conversation. Uh, uh, incidentally, uh, Shay has left the department and took a, a different job uh, somewhere else uh, since I had spoke with them. Uh, and then Cammie uh, at the time had just recently been promoted to deputy director uh, after Doug Romig had left. And for some background on that, uh, I also have an interview with Doug Romig on a previous episode of this podcast. So we'll be sure to go back and check those episodes out. And with that, I am going to go ahead and turn it over. Please enjoy this conversation with Cammie Rankin and Shay Rossetti from Polk County Conservation. Let's,
1: uh, let's lead off with uh, some introductions and backgrounds. Just uh, tell me who you are, um, kind of your uh, maybe education experience background and, and what you do with Polk County there.
2: Sure, um, I'll go ahead and start. So, I'm Cami I'm Rankin, and I have been with Polk County Conservation. I'm um, in my 23rd year, and I have for the last how, however many years until a, a month ago, um, I've been in what we call a community outreach unit within Polk County Conservation. Uh, we're fortunate to have this unit because. What we do is we work with all the different units and all the different staff to promote what Polk County Conservation has to offer the public. So um, my background actually is in uh, leisure services um, with an emphasis in nonprofit management and I went into the typical park and recreation field right out of college, um, and then did that for about five years, and within that, there was so much marketing and communications involved with that that I saw this opportunity, and it still obviously had an outdoor recreation side of it, and and with the knowledge I, I had it, um, secured with that job, um, I applied and, and got that way back when. So. That's a little bit of my history Um, and then just recently was promoted to deputy director. So um, I'll be leaving this position, but obviously still involved with Polk County conservation.
1: That's perfect. And so go ahead, Shay.
3: Yeah. um, So I am actually from Georgia. Um, I went to college uh, for advertising and design and really really, actually wanted to go into marine biology and work with sea turtles. So I've already, I've always kind of had a heart for conservation. Um, It just kind of sat on the back burner. And um, out of, out of college, I worked for um, a few outdoor industry companies and um, then um, advertising agencies and uh, realized that I kind of wanted to figure out how to turn my career more into conservation and outreach, and and how I could get in and do that. And um, moved here to Iowa and began working with REI as their outreach coordinator, and worked really close with with Polk County Conservation, which was really neat. And um, an opportunity happened, and I was able to kind of join the team, which was really cool. So I've been with Polk County Conservation for five years. Just recently, within the past almost year now, I guess. Um, I'm officially full-time, which is really exciting, <laughs> and um, I do a lot of kind of the, I guess, the back-end strategy, so I work with a lot of social media and um, branding, and um, yeah, that's kind of just a quick background of what I do with, with full-time yeah. conservation and how I got there, yeah.
1: I'll, I'll lead off with kind of the technical stuff, so what, what do you guys What marketing or PR strategies do you use there that you have found successful? And then specifically within those, what messages do you try to convey in doing that?
2: Yeah, that's a big question, Chris. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We, like most every other county conservation board in Iowa, do not have a large budget. Um, I think people think we do, but we don't. Um, So, we operate very similarly to all the other counties in terms of researching and coming up with strategies that are very low cost or free. Um, The great thing about that is that our mission is such and our agency is such that the media and partners and everybody else latch on to us because we're doing such good things. Um, so that's a benefit to us because I know a lot of other, other nonprofits and so forth that really struggle with getting that buy-in, you know, from the media and so forth. And we don't struggle with that. You know, we just have such a good relationship. Um, and we're, we've, put our, we've put ourselves in a position where we are a resource <laughs> and And that's why we end up getting such good coverage and um, opportunities um, open because of that. So, I'll start off by saying I think the best thing you can do is establish relationships and partnerships. Um, it's critical. if especially with the media, I mean, the media are just normal people. You know, they're just like you and I, and they're on tight deadlines and they're looking for content. So know who those media are, communicate with them on a regular basis. That doesn't mean every day, but it means like maybe once a month, you know, you're going to send them something that, you know, might be of interest, you know, meet with them and find out what their needs are. You don't want to inundate them, you know, you don't want to be that that agency or that person, but there's a, there's a lot of mutual ground that you can provide them things, and then you're getting um, you know exposure in turn. So don't lose sight of those relationships that you can definitely build uh, with the media. And along with that uh, comes partnerships. So there are so many agencies and companies and nonprofits and so many groups in your communities that – are looking for ways to either volunteer, or do special events, um, or just just anything. And so, the more partnerships that you can establish, the better off you are. Because you know it's you're better off being a small army than just operating in your silo. And so, if you host a special event, you know, with three other partners, well, you're pulling in all of their resources as well. So obviously it's cheaper for you as an agency to be hosting that event, but then you're also getting the exposure that comes from that. You know, they have their own customers and their own people that um, follow them. And so you're getting that additional exposure all the way around, you know, um, when you, when you establish partnerships. Um, And so to me, um, those are two of the biggest things that I say you start with um, because once you do that, then I think everything falls in line. I think opportunities open that you maybe never would have thought would be there. Mm-hmm.
1: There have specific examples of some of those opportunities that have opened up for you guys that, that you jumped on that uh, came from building those, some of those relationships.
2: Yeah, I mean, Shay, do you want to talk about any of our um, relate? I mean, I can talk about some, um, but I don't know, Shay, if you want to talk about any of like our group ones, like CETA and some of those agencies.
3: Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, like Cami said, uh, the the biggest thing for us are, are those partnerships, and I think social media um, honestly played a pretty big role in a bunch of local partnerships. So, um, uh, we kind of established. You know, nobody really wants to talk to just a brand, right? They they want to relate to it and feel involved and like they're a part of a community, and that's what social media is for. And that's kind of how we took it: is um, being super transparent and um, and kind of taking it more to like a conversation instead of um, you know a, a big government conservation voice. And and with that, we um, we were able to. Established partnerships with groups like uh, Central Iowa Trail Association as well. Um, and they are the ones who, uh, they help maintain the single track trails for mountain biking and hiking in central Iowa. So right here in the Des Moines area. And um, one of Polk County Conservation Parks um, or trails happens to be Sycamore. So um, we are able to kind of partner with them on some communications on proper trail use especially with weather and things and and that's really important too because then it's kind of a, a give and a take as well right so um, we're we have a bigger reach as far as the whole county and we're able to highlight what they're doing and then they're able to share you know what we're you know what we're doing as far as whole County conservation goes and then they reach a totally different demographic of people so that's what's really important about you um, those, those partnerships. And the same goes with like, um, we've got a lot of local mom blogs. Uh, I guess, should I start kind of going yeah, into that? Going that, to that? Okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we have, we offer a, a lot of um, environmental education programs and that includes, you know, hiking with our, um, with our naturalists and a place maybe people didn't know exists. So I'll take Brownswood for example, which is um, the largest urban forest in, um, is it in De- in Des Moines? And I'm, I'm probably going to say that's wrong, Cami, or in, well, it's in
2: West States. Des Moines, so. Yeah,
3: yeah in West Des Moines, Des Moines. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of people don't realize that it's literally in their backyard. And, um, and we had uh, a group called Hike It Baby that they are, um, it's, it's a group for parents um, that can come out with their kids and go hiking in a different in a different area every year. So we were we were able to connect with them, and they've um, not only do they push out that hey, there is these great recreational places in your backyard, whether it's West Des Moines, Des Moines. I mean, all the way out in Mitchellville, or um, you know, even near Ankeny with Chocoweta Bottoms, and um, they're. They're not just beautiful, but they're well taken care of, and people care about them. And it's it's created this the sense of belonging, like you know, this is this is theirs, and um, they want to help take care of it. And it's it's created a lot of passion for volunteer groups and stuff. So it just kind of keeps rolling off of each other along with that marketing. So word of mouth is still um, the most powerful, I think, um, piece of marketing that you can. You can really utilize and that's what that's what these local groups do you know they they have you know these relationships with um parents or you know single people or all these other different groups and it just brings totally different demographics out to our parks and trails in different areas and that's just that's key yeah
2: that's that's at a higher level chris um yeah, so we, we can we can look at every single park uh, and initiative really in our agency, and you know the first thing we generally always try to think of is okay who can we partner with? Um, just because we need their their resources, we need their their knowledge. Um, it's a it's just a win win situation always for everybody. And and taking that to a different level, we've been engaging a lot of different fundraising projects over the years because um, we we want to maximize uh, our bonding that we received. And so um, we want to do, you know, we want to double, you know, what that bond capacity is. And so we've been working on fundraising campaigns and every single one of them, you know, we have been partnering with um, lots of different agencies and companies um, within our community. And that just does the exact, exact same thing that it does with all of our, um, other types of partnerships, you know, it just, it gets buy-in, you know, and these companies learn more about us and they support us, not only financially, but also just out in the world. I mean, you know, if, if you're working with a company and they're on a campaign with you, you know, they're like your biggest cheerleader. And so, um, so yeah, that's just a different, different concept, but it's, it's a way that um, you can work with so many different types of groups.
1: Yeah, that's, um, that's really neat. I, I see that being so effective on so many levels in that, you know, one, it, it kind of moves the mission forward and it accomplishes, you know, what you want to accomplish as a, as a department or as an agency, but the, I think the, the bigger impact that from that is that it builds community engagement and it, yeah. it integrates. Paul County conservation into so many different facets of the community where, you know, that it becomes brand building in a way, but it's it's through working together and not, you know, marketing initiatives per se of saying, you know, hey, here's here's who we are, here's what we sell, you know, here's why we exist. It's you know, here's who we are because we're working with you and you know this intimately. That's that's really really cool so did you guys you mentioned you looked at at different parks so did or do you you know say take park uh, park in this part of the county and ask the question how do how do we get more people to to come to this park or know that this park exists or come to x education program in this park and then kind of looking at that geographic area or demographics then start identifying partners and then going and reaching out to them or how does, how do those partnerships evolve? Is it, is it targeted by you guys or is it more of, you know, kind of an organic thing where it just kind of happens? Cause I know those, those things tend to sometimes it's just, you know, an obvious fit.
2: Yeah. I think it's a combination, Chris. Um, I'll, I'll give, give you an example here. So with our recent skate park, Luritzen Skate Park, addition to our park system, um, which is a very unique one, um, for sure, we we definitely reached out for partnerships on that facility because we don't know anything about skateboarding, and <laughs> we are talking about bringing in massive productions such as the Do Tour and uh, companies like that, and so we were in no position to be you know, trying to figure out all that on our own. So we immediately started reaching out to the community like, okay, who can we partner with? Who can help us? And so that's when we brought into the fold, like our local skate shop, you know, um, they know all the skateboarders, you know, so there's our communication outlet right there. Okay. That's how we can reach the skateboarding community is through the skate shop. Uh, Number two, Who, programming. Okay, we've got naturalists, they're great, but I don't see our naturalists doing skateboarding programs. Okay, our naturalists are out fishing programs and um, wetland programs and things like that. So we reached out to a local nonprofit called Skate DSM and we've worked up agreements and contracts for them to do programming at that skate park um, as a public service. Um, Additionally, um, how do we bring in massive events? Well, we started working with Iowa Tourism and our local Convention and Visitors Bureau um, to have them carry that function of that skate park um, as a partnership role. So, there's a great example of us reaching out for partnerships. Um, but then some things just, just land in our plate, too. Um, you know, Browns Woods is a great example of that. Um, so that's a, the largest urban forest preserve in Iowa, and a beautiful place tucked in the middle of the city. And the problem we have there is invasive species. And our staff, as great as they are, doesn't really have the capacity to manage all the invasive species in our park system. So we one day received a call from um, an individual that loves that park, that asked if they could start up a group that would be stewards of that park. And so through training and um, a lot of hard work, we got them in a position where they can be in there and they are working to fulfill our mission but still getting out what they're looking for is giving back to our community. So um, now they've actually turned that into a nonprofit agency. So it's crazy how big it's gotten. Um, But there's a great example of, and that tends to happen in most of our parks. We generally have people come forward because, you know, parks mean certain parks mean a lot to certain people and it's generally geographic, right? Um, You know, there's a certain part of the County that has a park and, those neighbors in, in those local, um, cities and communities within there, um, have a love or an affinity for that place. And so they'll come to you and ask how they can be involved and and something will generally transpire, transpire, whether it's partnership with a special event or them becoming volunteers and them working once a month. Um, so that's how it generally happens. But, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, there are definitely certain parks that we reach out to complementing agencies to help out.
1: So, there's a, a couple avenues I want to explore here. I'll, I'll try to remember both. But so, the I guess maybe the shorter question is when you're partnering with, uh, say, a non agency. You know, say it's a, a volunteer group, but, uh, not a, a structured entity of some sort. It's just, you know, volunteers or maybe a business or something like that. How, you mentioned you do have some contracts, but how do you keep them involved and engaged when they don't necessarily have the obligation to do so? Because I think, you know, we've certainly run into that, and I, I'm sure other counties do, where, you know, you often see it with like big events. We're, we're up against one here where it was very much volunteer led, but over time some of the long serving volunteers start to fall out and it's not, it's, it's such a big monster that us as an organization can't just pick it up and take it over. And so how do you, you know, like uh, maybe with the, the skate park or something, how do you keep them engaged or keep that momentum going or keep the involvement up? over time without any sort of written obligation or contractual binding issue there.
2: Yeah. um, Some of those, we actually do have written contractual things um, to ensure that we are getting what we need. Um, Mm -hmm. And and there's a time and a place for that, but then there's a time and a place that, that, you know, that's not necessary. So in those cases, um, really you just kind of go back to that relationship building and that communication because, we have staff, you know, that are like we have volunteer coordinators here at Polk County Conservation, which is really nice because they're the ones that stay in the daily contact with a lot of these groups and stuff that are assisting with workdays or special events or what have you. But um, you've yeah, you've got to keep that those lines of communication open and. Um, have a plan because you're right. And it's happened to us before, you know, where if they're just doing their thing and you're doing your thing and you kind of forget about them, then that those, those relationships or the, you know, what have you are just fizzle out. So it it does take work um, to maintain those and also just making sure everyone's happy with the situation. So at least annually, you know, analyzing, you know, what's happening and making adjustments where needed. So, um, both the groups are getting what they need, and they're both fulfilled. Mm-hmm.
1: Very good. And so then my my second question was, and, and for this, I think we have to, to back way up. Um, to establish yourself as an entity where people are willing to come to you and say, "You've got this woods. I, you know, I I would love to." volunteer, help create a group that will be a steward of it. How, what has Port County done over the years to establish yourself where you're, where you've become that approachable agency, where you've, where the, the, the citizens of the community even know who to contact in the first place and, and that kind of stuff. Cause I see this like among County Conservation Boards and we've experienced a little bit here. Oftentimes, you're just lumped into the, well, There's are the DNR. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, and whenever mm-hmm. I, I give a presentation, like, to, a, you know, a study club around here or something, and they want to know about county conservation, like, the first thing I lead off with is, mm-hmm. we are not the DNR. And so, how, how have you built that, that brand or or set yourself apart to where you're, you're recognized as this particular organization? and that you are approachable and that you're not just another entity of county government that's just a spaceless entity that manages some parks or does some natural resource stuff and, you know, is likely to write you a ticket if you park on the grass at the campground?
2: (laughs) Yes, that is a great question. Um, That's taken many, many, many years of, um, you know, our staff, and kudos to them. They aren't the type of staff that are just going to, you know, do their jobs and keep their heads down and, and leave. I mean, our, our field staff, um, everyone out there um, knows what it takes to engage with the public, um, and they do that. Um, so at the state level, and we still get confused, too, with the DNR and all sorts mm-hmm. of agencies, city parks, all that. Where we try to brand ourselves is we are the local resource. Um, The DNR is great, but the DNR is statewide. And they are dealing with everything under the sun in the state of Iowa. No one is really looking specifically at your county except for your conservation board. And your conservation board is that local resource um, that. Is going to be is going to make a difference for you and do something at that local level and that's how we've branded ourselves over the years um, I think people know if they contact the DNR they may never hear back from them or it may be weeks or that they're not going to know what's really going on in that area and then the city park and rec same exact way like they're great but they don't specialize in conservation, you know, like we do. Um, It's going to be more of your recreational type stuff. And so um, we've spent a great deal of time making sure people know exactly who we are and what our mission is. And it comes obviously with our staff, but um, we've spent a lot of time, and Shay can probably elaborate here on this in a little bit, um, of putting ourselves out there and doing what we need to do to make sure people know where to go. Um, The establishment of our nature center was very critical for us because we went way too long without having a base of operations. And I think that's important because people need to know where to find you physically. And um, Mm -hmm. that alone has elevated our presence and our status in the community. I think everyone knows now Jester Park is not just about Jester Park. Oh, Jester Park is the headquarters for our our local conservation agency, and so that's not the only park we have. Uh, some people probably think it is because you know you only know what you know, but um, it's given us that platform, um, you know, of, of an identity. So that's been really good for us and helped. But um, Shay, I don't know if you want to if you want to focus. Maybe now is a good time to elaborate on some of the things we do um, in terms of low cost and and so forth that you know we get our our name out there um, on initiatives and programs.
3: yeah um, I mean to kind of like go go in a little bit deeper about how we really separate ourselves apart with branding and uh, we still constantly <laughs> get messages about you know questions that are for the DNR but what's really what's really been, um, I think helpful in those situations is, you know, our staff, like say we get messages on, um, social media somehow, or someone gets a random email. doesn't matter who in, in our, um, you know, in the agency and we send it to whoever it needs to go, like say a naturalist. And, um, our staff has just been incredible at answering, being that resource. So whether or not it's something that we ha- we can do, we can set you up with the correct um, organization that can either answer your question or help you out, like, um, like SOAR. So I know we get a lot of questions about eagles and rescuing them and um, saving our avian um, resources has been just a huge, um, huge partnership in that. and um, And also sharing that information on social media has has been huge and social media in general has really changed the game for us. I think, um, I mean, we really kind of exploded with, with Instagram and Facebook and it is all very organic. So that's, that's been a really nice free, free resource, um, for us and low cost too. Cause, um, especially when we have an event for, um, or a program that we need to get some eyes on or that, you know, just needs a little bit more participants in, we can throw just $10 at it and um, boost that post or that event and really match with the demographic. So really looking deeper into that area, say like Fort Des Moines. So this is the area that we want to serve. These are the people and the interests that we want to, you know, we really want to get into and um and we really target those people so that's really that's been that's been huge um i think and i think cammy can probably talk speak to that as well because she sees she sees the bigger numbers and things and i'm kind of doing um more of the background um whatnot but yeah um gosh we really we really tried to do a lot um on a budget like cammy said earlier so whether it is um, elevating our social media and creating that voice that that's more personable and being that resource for our community instead of just this government agency, um, making ourselves open to answering the hard questions um, and, and helping them out. But uh, we also have an e-newsletter that goes out once a month. So we're not bothering people on a weekly basis about things, we'll, we'll highlight big happenings that are going on within within the conservation. So if it's a big event or program, I mean, all the way to, hey, winter's here and we're turning off water at the campgrounds. Um, that's always a big question we get around this time kind of year. Um, and that's in our e-news, that's on our website. So you can really find all the information that you need uh, at the click of, um, that's what's I think, special about this day and age, you know, the digital age is um, we try to make sure that we have what you need on our website, content-wise, news-wise, um, our e-news, and our social media, and just having it all there for people, because um, that can play to a big, you know, whether it's communications or promoting food, that's just within our um, ability, and not just with partnerships. And, um And then we have our Nature News publication that goes out, too, which is a little bit more expensive, but definitely worth it um, because it reaches people all over the state and the country who comes into our campsites as well. Um, I'm probably going off on a tangent, so stop me. (laughs) I could keep going all day. (laughs) This is good. I mean, this
2: is what that we wanted to share. You know, the e-news is free. You know, it, it's wonderful. It's easy. It's, it's in your face every, every month. The Nature News is a formal pub- publication. So um, we design it in-house, but most agencies don't have a designer, and we're lucky to have that in Shea. So that gets a little bit more pricey, and maybe that's not the route, you know, some of the, the county conservation boards want, want to take. Um, but it, it's an option, and, it, and it's fairly affordable, um, direct mail is, is another thing we have used in the past. Um, we get very good response from direct mail. Um, I think people are so in the digital world nowadays that getting something, a piece of paper in your hand uh, through the mail, is very well received. Um, and so that that's been a good, and it's and it's relatively cheap, um, way cheaper than you know, getting on radio or television or things like that, which we don't do much of that. However, they do offer, you know, because of our mission, as I stated earlier, most TV, most radio will welcome you on because you are providing the community with service. And it's a really positive, you know, good stuff. And so I would definitely encourage all county conservation boards to reach out to their local media because they're going to have them on. I mean, they're going to do PSAs or um, interview spots over the noon hour or a radio interview in the morning during drive time. Um, And they love that stuff because they have to fill their time and they like doing it with um, ways that they can give resources to their listeners and their viewers. Um, Community calendars are also another great resource. We use a ton of those around Des Moines. We're fortunate. There's a lot going on. But there's a lot in all communities, you know. You're going to have your news stations that have community calendars. You're going to have your local um, tourism agencies, travel agencies that have community calendars. Um, Sometimes banks, you know, various places have, like, calendars that they'd like to tell the public what's going on. So tap into those because you'd be surprised how many people that just come to us that maybe have not heard of us, but they've seen it on a community calendar somewhere. And then that's their very first step to learning more about Polk County conservation and then being a supporter of ours in the future.
3: Yeah. And IPR is actually another really great resource. They have a community calendar as well that we put some of our events and programs in, and they actually interview our naturalists a lot, um, especially on Fridays. So that's always exciting. I mean, really taking advantage of these free resources and, and the people who really want to know more about your agency or, you know, um, your conservation is, is super key in your own community. Um,
1: yep. yeah. Oh, I have, I have so many questions here. Okay. We're start. <laughs> um, all right. So I, I think I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to start maybe at the, at the base and I'm, I'm trying to, work into more specifics here so you mentioned uh, a lot of it is a product of the staff and you know the the staff is out there interacting with the with the people and stuff is does polk county conservation have within its staff and has it and then i'll have a follow-up question to it uh is there a, a culture of public service there that is is very you know customer centric or or public centric, which I mean ideally we all do. but oftentimes what you see in in conservation, and I'm a bit speaking for myself because I went into this line of work because I didn't want to work with people. I wanted to work in habitats. Um, but oftentimes what you'll see is that you know, well, we're here for the resource and our obligation is to the resource. and that if I've learned anything, working in this line of work is it's the other way around. Our obligation is to the people. And if you don't have the support of the people, you're never going to protect the resource. And so is does, does the department there or, or do a lot of your staff kind of have that that public service mentality? And is that something that the department consciously cultivates? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, most people, most people luckily have brought that with them. When they've come to okay. the agency, um, yes, uh, there are there are some you know that that maybe are just more into you know working outside or what have you and kind of being on their own. And, and there's room and there's place for that, but um, there is definitely at least one or two people from each unit that um, don't mind that role in terms of um, fostering more of an outreach. Um, spokesperson type of a uh, um, type of that role with the public. So um, when we onboard people, you know, we make sure that they know that the public is, you know, our number one priority. That's that's why we're here, um, and we make that known. And we try to fill them with as much knowledge as we possibly can. And I think you know the proof's in the pudding. I think when we can pass a bond referendum, you know, at 81%. I think people see the critical importance of outreach and people knowing about you and people valuing what you um, provide to our county. Because if they didn't, we would not be we would not be hitting those critical numbers. And um, I think over the years. The staff has seen that and they fully understand how important it is um, that our parks look good, our parks are safe, um, You know, they're in the, the best shape they can be, um, and that we're there to educate um, and to help them in any way to improve their experience. Mm-hmm.
1: So then kind of along those same lines, do you consciously cultivate a, I'll call it a brand personality. Um, and excuse me, I'm not a marketer. I'm sure there's probably a, a proper marketing term for it, but I know how every, I mean, every brand has its own personality. You know, I mean, you, you look at social media and, you know, some of them are, are kind of lighthearted, you know, like uh, Duluth trading company, uh, versus, you know, sometimes they're a little bit more stodgy and oftentimes government entities are viewed as, as fairly stodgy. Um, is and and I think every department, especially one that that's prolific, such as yours, that's got a lot of public-facing uh, content. Do you do you cultivate and is it intentional the, the brand that you're putting forward, or is that more organic? Is just a product of the people and the and the culture of the organization?
3: Do you want me to speak to that, Cami?
1: Yes,
2: I do. <laughs>
3: um, so. It was, um, it was intentional. Uh, when I came on board with Polk County Conservation, uh, one of the naturalists who's just amazing, she and I still work together on our social media accounts. She was running, um, Facebook and, um, and I kind of came in and and looked at the whole picture and I was like, well, let's really establish, um, you know, more of a brand that is a people's brand. So like, uh, what I tried to do was say, all right, well, you know, we want everyone to have, I guess, a buy-in. Like, this is, this is my local county conservation park. This is my local, you know, conservation trail and, and really have that, um, that want to belong, I guess. So to create kind of more of a community and that was a a community that's not just uh, Hey, you know, take, take pride in these places and um, and help us make it better, you know, but, but also, um, we have this important information, and we want to get out, get it out to you, and we want to educate as as well, or just teach people about conservation in general. In general, because Cami, uh, uh, um, and I, we've done some um, marketing research, and when you ask the general public, you know, what is conservation? They're like, well, <laughs> uh, I don't really know. So that's all of our job of so county conservation to really um, educate our community of what we are, what is a conservation. And that's kind of how I tried to build our brand voice um, on social media. And, uh, and the Jester Park nature center is its own social media because it deals with something different, right? So Polk County conservation, as we're looking at it as a whole, that now that we had this, this actual place where people had, now all of a sudden have access to our um, our environmental education department, our natural resource techs, and our parks department, and outreach just in general. That was huge. That was a huge game changer. So we um, the intention with creating a different social media um, presence for the nature center was that there's different things happening there. It's an actual physical place. Um, with its own living breathing um, events and programs that's just taking place there and um, it's a little bit more light and airy and um, specific to jester park right and where Polk County conservation is still hey this is your community um, these places are for you but also here's a lot of information and and, and more educational um, you know posts and, and things of like that like our like the bond that came out and things of that sort so that was my intention behind that and hopefully it's still it's still happening and um we did that with youth core too so we gave youth core an instagram because those kids aren't really on facebook anymore they're like they're on instagram and tiktok and um Mm off of facebook so trying to find the right kind of social media channel you know twitter doesn't necessarily work for for the nature center right because it's more of a news outlet but it works well for polk county conservation so knowing knowing where you want to go first and then figuring out your brand voice is really important um, to me. And then also not just like your voice, but just branding in general, trying to elevate your brand and bringing it up to, to the 21st century. um, You know um, whether it's your color palette and I know which sounds really silly, but um, you know, that's actually, that's pretty important. You, you don't have, you don't have long to, can make an impression on, on people anymore. And that's, that's all a part of branding, you know? Um, that's, that was kind of my intention for our, our voice, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. It appears to be effective <laughs> for sure.
3: Thank you. <laughs> we try.
1: <laughs> the, uh, as, as actually, uh, we just had our, we have an annual day long staff meeting every year this time of year We're all the staff sits down. We're we're a pretty small staff. There's we have currently seven full timers. We have a, a vacancy right now, but then we have two uh, permanent part timers. Uh, we have an annual kind of a strategy meeting. You know, we sit down, we review the previous year and and set goals for the following year and stuff. And um, I spent a lot of time with your website up on the screen, uh, going through a lot of the environmental education programs and and uh, just kind of looking at at uh, what you guys are doing because the website's beautiful and uh, the way all the the event programs just you know just line up and um the titles of them were were pretty clever i thought and so we're, we're definitely stealing a lot of ideas from you guys but
2: uh feel so
3: a like lot of ideas it. from other counties throughout the state too, so it's fine. <laughs> I was <laughs> right. about to say, yeah. as you should, why reinvent
1: the wheel? <laughs> exactly, yeah, and that—that's what I love about county conservation so much. Why I, I just I'm I'm so proud to work with county conservation is that we we get along so well, and that we are so willing to share information and ideas, and and wins and challenges and and stuff like that. And oftentimes, you don't see that across agencies, you know, and, and even divisions within single agencies. And, and it's just, it's, we're such a, a a great family. You know, I mean, go to any conference practically and, and, you know, it doesn't matter what county you're from, you can hang out with colleagues from other counties and share ideas. And, and you know, I mean, anytime I call a director, they're like, yeah, when do you want to talk and, and, you know, here's phone numbers to my staff, talk to them. And it's just, I, I love it. it. It makes what we do so much better in that you know, we're all 99 separate entities, but we're, we're really one big happy family, really. Yep. Yep. It's great. We, we all, all have, have the,
3: the same, same mission. mission. Yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. So I want to dig into some, some specifics here. You talk about your e-newsletter, um, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of counties have those, but I think those mm-hmm. are only as effective as their size of distribution. What
3: strategies mm-hmm.
1: do you employ to harvest emails?
3: So, well, um, Tammy, do I you want to start with like, the, the deeper, and I can kind of go into other things?
2: Yeah, I'll start with a couple things, and then Shay can add to it. Um, we, through my county parks, um, when people reserve shelters and campsites, and sign up for programs and all the things that we do on Mad County Parks, um, we get emails. So we add them to our various lists, um, you know, with the option of opting out, of course, but um, that's been a, a huge push um, in terms of you know, getting people that may not otherwise have signed up on their own. I mean, you should have that option, you know, on your website and in your publications is, is pushing that on how you sign up for any news and stay in the loop. Um, so that's one big way. And another thing we started a couple years ago is we um, have been working with our community greetings agency. And I'm guessing most communities probably have these but, you know, you've got your agency that goes – anyone that buys a new house um, in your county, um, they're getting welcomed, right? It used to be called the Welcome Wagon. Now it's called Community Greetings here. And we've set up a partnership with them, and they hand out all of our stuff to new people so we're not missing them right away, right? Right. Um, We're gonna get them right when they move here so they know more about Polk County Conservation. And then in turn, they give us all of their email addresses. So they're not only getting information from a meeting, but then we're getting their emails and so we can start communicating with them right as new residents to our county. So those are a couple of things I have my hands in. Um, Shay, do you wanna add to that?
3: Yeah, sure. So um, I work with, I guess, Cammy and I work with every single department um, and I think that's super important. So um, it's also about content. So, you know, obviously we want to capture all these people that um, like how Cami mentioned, but, you know, it's, um, it's making sure you're not spamming everyone constantly and how you're going to go about doing it. So um, we'll pick four to five highlights to highlight um, in our e-news and, you um, whether that's reaching out to the other departments, like, uh, recently, you know, we needed to let the public know, Hey, it's, um, prescribed burning season. And these are the areas that we will be cons- conducting prescribed burning, from, you know, um, a specific time period, right. Um, to, uh, to, Hey, we have this huge volunteer event. You guys should come to it. Right. And, um, and then really knowing when you should send those emails—that's that, super important. We—I play around with time a little bit, and uh, and and also knowing what holidays were coming in. So, for instance, I guess uh, last month, you know, with with Thanksgiving and Black Friday and all that, you don't want to get lost in all of that chatter. So. Um, Cammy and I talked about it and we're like, all right, we are going to hit it at the very last day of the month after all the chatter is done. So we don't get lost in it. And, um, I, I like to send emails around 10:45 because you get into the office at 8 AM and you're hammering through work. And then finally you might get a break and that's probably around 10:45. We're not going to lose you when you go into lunch at 11 to 12. We're hitting you at this like specific time. And that's worked for us. That's not going to work for everyone. You know, that's, that's just worked with what I've looked at with numbers and timing and stuff. And, um, also we utilize MailChimp and I couldn't say better things about it. Um, there is a, it, it's free up to a specific amount of, uh, of emails. And, uh, what we've created is different, different lists within that email. So, um, we've got, We've got a list that I can send to just, we just did a maker's market. Uh, I can just send the vendors, right? Because I have I know those vendors' emails or if we're looking for specific people to do surveys, we can make that list too. And so having different demographics within that marketing area is super important. And hitting, you know, we'll do an e here and there. So, um with our nature news, we do we do have physical copies and we mail those and we have free copies that are available at the Jester Park Nature Center. But I will be sending the e-blast next week that gets the digital version in everyone's hands on our list. So it's not just, here are our programs for this month. It's like, hey, here's the program for this, for the next three months and here's the digital version of it. And it's reaching so many more people that wouldn't get that in their hands. And so that's kind of the background about um, I guess our email marketing strategy and I pull numbers um, and reports and we use uh, an internal CRN and, uh, and I will in bounce backs or unsubscribed to our admin who helps give me a new list every month. And, you know, we all work together. And that's really, like you said, you know, everyone's working together for the same mission, which is really neat. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you build out a content calendar? For a particular period of time, whether it's you know, a year, six months, quarterly, so that you kind of know what's, what's going to be in the content you kind of build that up front to kind of take the load off when it's, you know, it's holiday time and everybody's taking vacations and stuff. And you got to get this newsletter assembled and out. Do you want me more to those kind of you fly. Yeah. So, um, go
2: ahead.
3: Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, we we are generally
2: we throughout the year, um, or throughout the quarter. You know, like we do our newsletter every every three months, and so we're we're constantly thinking of of content, you know, and we're kind of adding it to our list and building a list, um, and having some staff work on that, obviously when when they have time. So that really does help a lot because yeah, otherwise you get to crunch time, and I mean it's still going to be like that no matter what, but. Um, we do build content, uh, we know what's coming up, uh, we know what we've done, things like that. And the same with social media. Um, Shay does a good job of um, developing content and because we know there's certain busier times of the year or there's holidays or whatever where people might be off. And so then we can continue to have that presence um, on a consistent format because that's important. You know, you can't, you can't do a social media post and then – get busy, you know, for 2 months and then not have any posts. It just doesn't work that way. I mean, that's not how you're going to engage with the public. And so it's got to be really intentional and planned, and so a content calendar is a really good idea.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I I agree for sure. You know, there there are some things that you, you can't always plan for, but it's good to have 2 to 3 posts uh, a week. You know, you don't have to you don't have to post every day, and I think that's something that is really important. And with those posts, like Kim said, being intentional and following up with people's questions and being interactive, you can't just post and leave, right? So um, sometimes you won't see us post for maybe like two to three days, and uh, but we're actually getting a lot of interaction on different photos and, and messages and stuff and tags. And so we're interacting with the public um, all the time. That never stops.
1: And that I think is one of the things that I have struggled with because social media is a beast. You have to continue to feed, you know, like you said, you can't just post and walk away and it's, it's difficult for, you know, a small organization like mine to keep that beast fed and then continue to be there to, you know, to answer the follow-up questions or or that kind of stuff. And I, and I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not there to answer the questions. And you, you know, almost, you're know, you almost better off just being quiet on the front end. And so yeah. that, that's something I've, I've really kind of struggled with. Um, and we're, we're exploring some options here to maybe try to outsource some of that. Do you do a lot of post scheduling or is it mostly we know what we're gonna do until so you jump on and you, and you post it?
3: It depends. Um... it it really does depend. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll have campaigns and that really require a lot of, um, thought out strategic, uh, you know, scheduled posts and then others. It's again, you know, I think the, the best content you get, is from your, it's from your followers, um, looking up, uh, Instagram hashtags, like, or locations, like in your parks or your trails and areas. And then, you know, it, it does seem to take a while, but, asking them on their post, "Hey, can we share this photo with credit onto our social media account?" And, you know, 98% it's actually 99% of the time, it's "Oh my gosh, yes, I'm so honored. Uh, we love this area. Please go ahead and and just like, you know, and you know, something or just a reshare." And that's huge. And that, you know, you don't have to dive into the weeds on social media at all. Um, and so don't let that scare you. I think that's, you know, and it'll grow as you need it to grow um, and how you how you need it to grow, too. So don't let it be intimidating because um, you have content all around you. You just kind of have to dig just a little bit.
2: And just going back to what you said, Chris, about um... – maintenance, daily management of it. Don't bite off more than you can chew. And and we've been guilty of that ourselves. Um, You're right. Social media, takes a lot of time. So prioritize, you know, prioritize. You know, you'd like to do five forms of social media, but maybe you're only going to focus on two because that's all the time you have and that's all the resources you have. So strategically pick what those will be and what best serves your county and your audiences and pick those. But you know you're right, you don't want to pick five and then you haven't looked at one for six months. It's not worth it.
3: Yeah, agree hundred percent. And I also like to tell people the delete button and the block button are your biggest tools <laughs> uh, these days and age. Um, so you know people can go down into the weeds of things and, and just that's a that's a big empower empowerment piece that I've discovered recently, over the years, Stars at least. Yeah, so
1: um, I, I, I want one more question, then I'll, I'll start winding this down and kind of get into my last few quick hitter questions, but uh, I wanted to shift gears a little bit to your direct mailing program. You said you get good response from that. That's, you know, kind of an antiquated marketing uh, process these days with social and everything being so popular. What does your your direct mailing process uh, or or systems look like? Um, you said you got that that print publication, so you're sending that out quarterly. And then, are you are you doing other direct mail pieces? And then, what what do those look like?
2: Yeah, um, yeah. So obviously, we do the Nature News, and that that's three times a year. Um, but in terms of our direct mail, generally, we use that. Um, Concept for special things. So um, our bond is probably the best example of that. Um, we worked with an agency that um, they did strategic mailings or direct flyers to certain audiences because, you know, in today's day and age, you can select the people you want those to go to. So Um, You know, you can select all sorts of different demographics and um, locations and stuff. So, you know, like let's say you've got a park that, um, you know, is underutilized. You know, you're just not getting the people there or you've got a feature there that – you know, you could make some money on, you know, whether it's a campground or what have you, and you just aren't getting the people. Well, you can do a mailing, you know, to certain people that you know that that would appeal to, um, whether it's geographic or just interest-based. There's those types of databases out there that you can access for a fairly reasonable rate and get those uh, mailing addresses. You can also find them within your county systems. A lot of times we just use our county database because you know it's all in there nowadays on who lives where, so you can cut out like parcels and get mailing addresses and we can send them things and and um, it's a great tool. Um, we we promote special events that way. Um, when we have public meetings that we feel it's our responsibility to make sure that neighbors know about something um, or we really want engagement we will send out direct mail pieces and it's very effective. I think, you know, like I said, in this day and age, people are so used to digital that they almost welcome um, something in the mail that is personal and directed right to them for a special initiative or interest.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you do like any, like A-B testing to see like what direct mail pieces get the, get the best results or anything like that?
2: Um, I, I, we did that for the bond. Yes. Okay. Um, that was all very, that was all strategized, but that was through a company that they specialize in that too. Um, sure. Yeah. So for ours, um, you know, obviously we do some research and, and we know, you know, we, we know what's going to work the best. We think for our, um, you know, for our, our mailer that we're doing, um, I don't know if we get that technical. Um, it just, just depends on what the exact topic is. I mean, if it's a really mm-hmm. strategic thing like the bond, then yes, we will do whatever we need to to make sure it's effective as possible and uh, what we're saying is correct and, and all that.
1: Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, all right. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. and, and um, I got Go back to my list of questions here. Uh, so, if if a county conservation board, one of the other county conservation boards in the state, or some conservation entity, doesn't necessarily have to be a conservation board, I guess, could do one thing from a marketing perspective. What would you recommend it be? Let's say they have essentially no marketing program right now. Um, what what would be the first step you'd recommend they take?
2: Um. Do you think branding, Shay?
3: Yes, that was I, – I wanted to I wanted to hear what you said, but, oh, my God, branding. That's, that is my bread and butter. Um, if you don't have that look and that feel, just getting – and it doesn't have to be big. Branding it doesn't have to be a big, scary thing, but that is, like – that is huge because that's what people – that's how – Oh, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, that's your identity. I mean, yeah, thank you. That, that's your identity. And people are going to immediately, like, judge you for, you know, how you look. And unfortunately, that that's the thing. But that. That is just, it's still important, branding is. I mean, because with branding, you know, it it comes your voice and it it creates your content and how you interact with the community, which is huge. Because once you have that branding piece down, everything else will fall into place for you um, and make sense. That's how I feel, at least. (laughs) I
2: agree. So what
1: does... what does that process look like to, to, to start from scratch, uh, you know, where you, to, you know, tell a conservation person, uh, you know, that went to school through the wildlife program and has never had a, a marketing or branding class in their life, what, what does that look like? I mean, if, if uh, somebody, you know, the director at a conservation board says, all right, we're going to we're going to do a branding process here at this department. What, what mm-hmm. specifically are they doing?
3: Kimmy, do you
2: want to, um, I'll start and you can add Shay. Um, I think the first thing you do is you have to develop um, your goals, you know, your goals, your mission, your voice. And that inc- that involves, you know, what is your niche? How are you unique? Um, how, Will you resonate in the com- in the community? Like w- like, what's your value? That's where you have to start, um, and then that helps to create your voice. That helps to create what it is you're going to be saying and how you're going to be saying it. Um, then I, I, and that's all internal. So once you can develop all of that and you figure out you know, why you are so important for your community and the residents you're in, then you can move towards more of the look aspect, which I'll let Shay talk about. Um, and you can talk about some of the things maybe initially that you can do, Shay. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, once, like Kim said, once that's established, um, either you can, you can work with a graphic designer or someone, you know, in-house, uh, that's on your staff that might have a little bit of marketing or design and um you know that look and feel so how does your logo look does it need an uplift do you even have a logo um what do those colors look like and then going deep into the weeds of everything it's like um you know your type font and um your website and your content. Um, so, you know, all that kind of design wise, creating a um, brand standards within the agency. I mean, it goes as far as to how everyone's signature looks. I think that was one of the first things I did with Polk County Conservation. Kami, I could be wrong. You can correct me. Was <laughs> I was like, okay, everyone needs to have a the a a similar signature because everyone's all over the place using crazy colors and fonts and let's get everyone on that same on that same page to where uh it looks professional and it's it looks like it's coming from the same eight you know same county conservation and not from all over the place um so that was one of the first things that i think is really important because email is a big way of how we communicate with the public and everything and partnerships and and stuff so i mean it goes as far as as just a a signature, Um, but yeah, yeah, go ahead.
2: I was just going to say, I I agree with Shay and her talk about a logo because um, when I came here, our logo was like terrifying. And I mean, I'm I'm saying (laughs) that kind of funny, but it was like, it was like, if somebody would look at that logo, they would be like, what kind of an agency is this? You know, it looked like we had a guy on there and he looked like an alien
3: then we yes, got
2: a fish that you really didn't identify with. We had a leaf that was absolutely no leaf in the state of Iowa. Um, <laughs> the colors are terrible. So you got to start there because what when people see a logo and they see colors and stuff, it gives you life. And they were seeing us as this very outdated, old-fashioned agency that, like, why would I bother with them? And so you got to put yourself on a page where at least – you look inviting um, and you look like you're, you're kind of with the times and you want to engage with them. It's, it's really important um, to start there. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I would have to believe and, that there are marketing classes out there that when they want to show their students what not to do from a logo perspective, they just Google conservation department logos
3: Oh no, because
1: I did that. I did that the other day and I was like, and I'm not, I'm not a branding or marketing guy, but I was blown away. At how terrible are you just deal with yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's,
2: they're it's there the it's fine. We've had since
1: 1965, you know, it's,
3: yeah. it's, oh, yeah.
2: you know, you got to look <laughs> but, at it as is you're no different than a company, right? If a company does not update themselves, then they don't stay with the times and and they don't retain customers and gain new customers. You have to look at yourself like that um, versus just this stagnant conservation agency, right? You have to keep Mm -hmm. evolving as well, just like the corporate world does in a way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I I really feel like we as an entity uh, in the the industry, uh, fail on that miserably because most of us did not go into the line of work to do that kind of stuff. And, you know, well, there's a lot of us frankly that are turned off by it, but that's, I mean, it's really what we do. We are selling the conservation. We are selling outdoor recreation and it's no different than any other business. We're just, you know, we're not exactly making billions of dollars on it, but you know, we ask ourselves, Oh, why can't we get young people into our parks? Well, you know, let's start with what message are we conveying? What what is their perception of us as an agency or as an organization? And and start there because that that's where it all begins. Is what's their perception of you? And so yeah, I I, I agree completely. So what? Yeah, I,
3: I mean, oh oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no,
1: keep 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 on going on this on this whole branding thing.
3: No, yeah, I, and you know, with that, but it's how how accessible is your brand? You know, uh, along with updating that logo and just you know your look is your website. Uh, that's where everyone is gonna go. So you really have to think of of that. Um, is it easy to access? If not, how can you make it a little bit more accessible? Are you still on an early? Are you still back in the nineties with you know the website and? when was the last time your content was updated? I mean, that, that's another piece of branding that, that just goes a long way. Um, I worked with our IT department, and gosh, was that 2019, Tammy, or was that 2008? I forget what year it was, but it was a big project, project, and we they updated our website county-wise, and, and I was lucky enough to be able to work a little closer with IT since I also – have a background of building websites too, so um, you know we're lucky that we have that ability in house. Um, but with with anyone, you can find someone who can maybe create or update your website for. You know, it, it depends on what you need. Well, there's obviously. a lot of agency,
2: There's a lot of places in your community that like want to donate, right? You know, they get tax yeah. write-offs or what have you. So even if you can't afford somebody, you know, to design something for you or do do a website update or something, um, and you know what, look and see who's out there that would be willing to donate those services because um, we get a lot of people that just contact us and be like, can I just do something pro bono for you guys? You know, so that's a, that's a resource out there for sure.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I didn't even consider that. And that goes the same with photography as well. Like those striking photos are huge. So we have a lot of people who are like, "Hey, I came out to your parks and here is here are my photos. Uh, just give me a shout out and it's just it's incredible.
1: Yeah, that actually actually um, gives you think. One of the things I noticed on your your website when I was looking at it and going through your list of, of EE programs, is every single listing had a photo associated with it. And it was a nice photo and it looked, it it was relevant to the actual program. It wasn't just a standard stock photo of the logo. And it wasn't just a bullet list of text of here's all of our programs. And it wasn't just a, a calendar either of, you know, here's your calendar on the side of the screen. And then the list of things that are happening this month. And it was far more engaging than all the other websites you see where it is which this is what mine is, a calendar on the left side, and then a list of the programs on the right, and it's all just text. And so you're right that just little things like that, and I didn't even think about that until just now, but it's just little things like that that, that make you more relevant and, and more accessible. And, you know, it's, it's a hell of a lot easier for someone to look at a website that's got pictures that, you know, you can look at that, that, whatever it was called the, the women with wine in the woods thing or something and, and see in that one picture what this program is likely gonna be about and they they know what to expect rather than just reading the text and then having to read the description which nobody ever does. And yeah so yeah it's, and it's
2: don't like, under as, don't underestimate how much people want to see their photos on your website and in your publications. Yeah. They love it. And it's a great yeah. way to engage. So read you know sure. just you make those connections of people because people there's a ton of people with great skills out there they don't have to be professionals but they they want you to use their stuff because it's like oh look they send it out to their friends and family and it's just a chain so
3: Mm -hmm. oh yeah and and you know i think another thing too is you said people don't want to read and it's true content is important but keeping your content easy and not overwhelming for everyone is key as well um you know, having that striking photo that really captures them and then having, you know, one, one to three sentences at most of what you're trying to get across to them is, is also a big, a big deal. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Any other quick tips on, on branding?
3: Um, Tammy, am I forgetting anything? I probably am. (laughs)
2: No, I mean, Branding is, is as far as you want to take it. I mean, you yeah. got to start simple and basic and then you can take it as far as time and resources allow. You know, we've got mm-hmm. our vehicles branded, you know, we've got um, uniform signage, you know, in all of our parks, you know, and at the entrances of our parks. And that's just all an extension of branding, you um, but but it doesn't, it's it's not all 100% necessary, but there are many ways that you can carry that, those themes, those messages, that look throughout your entire system. Um, so, you, you know, you just got to be creative and um, do it as time and resources allow.
3: Yeah. yeah. It's nice to have that look overall. Parks, trails, it's just, it's really nice. So, how do you,
1: and, and I know we're going a little long here, so I'll try to line this down here real quick, but I I, uh, I want to dig into a couple more things, is I know it's difficult to sell marketing and branding oftentimes to the people that hold the budget. You know, like, why should we pay spend taxpayer dollars on a marketing campaign or on branding? That's, that's not what we should be spending taxpayer dollars on. We should be using that to maintain your parks. How do you measure ROI on on marketing or branding efforts? Or how could someone, you know, say they're going to the board of supervisors and say, look, I need X number of dollars to to do this branding process or to revamp my websites. How, what's their selling point on that?
3: I'll let Tammy. There's,
2: there's re there's research out there that you can find that specific information. Um, and it, and it won't won't take that large, long to look up. But they have figures out there on your return of investment for branding and, um, you know, website enhancements and, and stuff like that. Um, so it's out there. That data is out there. Um, it changes all the time. So, I mean, I think you'd want to just do some Googling and, and find the best um, information you can find at this exact time. Um you know, I think another thing is even though, like, park maintenance and keeping up your facilities is critical. I mean, it is critical, and we experience the same thing here, and, and we know that. But, you know, another critical element to your agency is making sure people know about you. It's just as critical as fixing a campsite, you know? if people don't know about you, they, they will not support you. And that's the mentality we've been taking for many years. Um, So we have very good buy-in obviously with our board, with our management, with our board of supervisors, they get it. Um, And that's how you pass bonds at 81%. And I got to keep coming back to that, but if people don't know about you and they don't they don't see your brand and get that engagement from you, then you kind of wonder why you're doing what you're doing. Because you are there to serve the public and so invite them in. Yeah. And you know, I look at any company. Agree. I mean, if you go to if you go to companies, you know, that have services or programming that they provide. They all have marketing budgets, and there's a reason for that because they need to to provide those services um, or programming to the public. And so if people don't know about it, they can't take advantage of it. Um, so you know when I first got here many moons ago, i I visited with tons of different agencies and I asked about their marketing budgets and and you know, you know how, what are they? and why do you have that amount? and what do you do and and stuff like that? and some of them had massive budgets. Right. Um, and I couldn't that wasn't going to happen for me. But I but I resonated with some of the smaller ones and asked them, you know, what do you do and how can you, you know, get by on a very, very small amount um, of money? And and I just took that feedback and, and just started, you know, this transformation, I guess, for Polk County Conservation. So it's doable. And you, yeah, it takes some work. You know, you got to show them some, some figures. You got to show them what companies do. It's easy to get like this mentality of, oh, we're government. You know, we're, we're not for profit. And, you know, but you, you, yes, that's the truth. But at the same time, you're trying to do the same exact things that everyone else is doing. You're trying to get people in your parks and participating in your programs. And you have to put the effort in to make that happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, two last things I have. What would be your recommendation of something that maybe you've seen someone try, but you recommend not to do from a marketing or PR perspective or branding perspective?
2: Oh God, there's so many.
1: <laughs> right.
2: Gosh. Um, that you
3: would recommend to do. Sorry. Not, not to do. To do.
2: Oh, yeah. not to do. Oh,
3: oh gosh. Um. Ooh, yeah, there's a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, I think the biggest thing is being. I mean, to me at least, Cami is being negative. Um. We try really hard to be pretty neutral, especially when it comes when it comes to like answering questions on social media. Um, things with outdoor, especially when the the public can see. Um, taking difficulties into that person's like inbox. I think that would be a big. A big thing for me is saying it's and it's difficult. It's really difficult not to take things personally, but Cami uh, rules me in all, an awful lot, <laughs> and I'm super <laughs> appreciative of that. Um, because you do, you build this brand, and so yeah, trying to stay at least neutral and and positive, I think, is something at least on the social media side of things. And the voice is uh, something I would one of my things. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's a good answer, and um, I don't know. i got so many things, too, but I think um, just trying not to bite off more than you can chew and prioritizing I think is very critical because if you get too many things going and you can't maintain them and, and so forth, um, it's, it's not a good strategy or solution for you.
3: Definitely quality over quantity. For sure, on
1: anything. Yeah. Very good. Okay. And then any particular technologies, software, or particular systems that you'd recommend? Um, You know, I mean, obviously, not like the social media stuff. We all know about those. But is there any particular uh systems or softwares or technologies or things that, that you found indispensable from a, a marketing PR branding perspective.
3: Shay, this is all you okay I was gonna ask <laughs> would you like me to go? Um for me uh personally I would say the Adobe Creative Suite I am but also I'm the designer and you know I have that background but Cami also has the that suite at at her fingertips. Uh, because before she was the one doing um, edits to, to business cards. I mean, you know, as, li- as little as that. And then I would also say, um, you know, the the fi- the uh, the application that opens PDF. Um, it's 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 an Adobe application as well, but it's like the Adobe Pro Reader, I think, is what it's called. That um, yeah. you can actually directly edit. PDFs and um I mean that's huge because when you don't have the design software and all you need to change on a PDF is like a date or a word, this thing just it comes in handy and that's invaluable. Um I think and um MailChimp has been has has been great as well. Um I know a lot of people use constant contact, but um, but I love Mailchimp. They've got, especially if like you don't have an internal CRM that you can use, they offer that, and it's just it's a great uh, it's a great application as well to utilize. Um, I'm trying to think if anything so else. What's your
2: what's your best online design? Are you still using Canva a lot, or have you moved on to something else? Because if you can't, you know, afford the Adobe Suite products, which they get pricey and they're very technical. Oh, yeah you know, there's a lot of yeah. online, um, design platforms that will give you templates and stuff. And I know we've used Canva a lot in the past.
3: Yeah. I, yeah I will still use Canva. And, um, I, that's really funny. You just brought it up. I just met with our new youth core coordinator and I was like, Hey, use Canva, <laughs> especially like if you just need something quick and you, you know, I gave her our brand, our branding standards. And, um, I was like, I saw from the first up, and I was like, just pass it through to me, and I'll take a look at it. And you can also collaborate with each other on Canvas, so you can like build teams for free. So you, guys can like work on the same document online and see each other's changes. I mean, if, especially if you can't afford, like Cami said, the Adobe Suite. That's a great product to use. Um, and then for photos, um, a resource that I use an awful lot. And this is like my super top secret thing is unsplash.com. So U N S P L A S H.com. It is a huge resource for free photos, um, that photographers put up. And another cool thing about that is you get their contact information. And if you wanted to hire them for a project, you can, and, you know, of course I'm looking at what looks local to County. Um, cause there's a lot of mountain photos, but that's helped a ton. And that's a really great resource too, especially if, if you don't have uh, any volunteer photographers and um, I compile and save photos for us as a whole. So we're able to kind of go through and um, see what's needed for, from presentations to what's on our website. I mean, um, that's, I mean, that's another big resource um, for me at mm-hmm. least. And then, uh if you don't use it now i highly suggest it but i like i like gmail um polk county conservation we have a we have a gmail account and with that it saves a lot of our passwords so there's uh some like event community sites and so it's a password keeper and this day and age we need it (laughs) Uh, there's (laughs) so many places that require usernames and passwords and and um What's really nice is if you do have a turnover in in you know your department, um, they need access to the Gmail account email, and um, you can see all of your passwords that you made that are associated with with things that mm-hmm. your your conservation does, and that's another big resource that I utilize on a daily basis. Yeah,
1: the I like the Google system as well because I back all my photos up to Google Photos. And
3: yes. then that way, you
1: know, when I'm like, oh, I took that photo of that park six months ago, I have no idea where it is. I just, you know, I can punch in Google and I pull up my photos. I can just like search woods and it will come up with every picture that's got pictures of woods in it. And it's it's, it's wonderful. I, really, I would love to figure out how to do that, like department wide, where all of my staff that take pictures that would end up in a, in a centralized photo database. We haven't quite figured that out just yet. Do you guys do that at all?
3: We do. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you do it? So we have uh, what we call the S drive and uh, it is something that can be accessed just if you're in the county. So all of us, uh, so we have a folder that we have a folder that's all shared and it's like called digital photos. And what we've done is we've named each folder by park and area. And, um, and then now by like, by year and what event so it's very organized you're like okay i remember that for for instance i'm going to use a negative a negative uh example is (laughs) when it flooded back i think it was what was it 2019 just the big floods and i was like okay i know i'm looking for the flood that happened in jester park and i really want to see I, i need to find it and i'm like okay so that was 2019 at jester park so and I'll look that up and then it's there. I found it. And a lot of our staff will take photos and they'll send it in an email or they'll text it to me and then I'll email it to myself and I'll put it up on our, on the system for everyone to kind of utilize. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's been huge. And Cammy, I don't know if, if you have anything to add to that as well, but.
2: Nope. That covers it.
1: Very good. All right. Well, that's, is all I have um well I have a lot more or I I could we could talk about this for hours longer but uh in in the interest of everybody's time here uh let's go ahead and wind this down um I'll end with if is there anything else you would want to share with the conservation world out there Any, any recommendations any uh you know pitfalls to avoid or any final message you want to leave with with everyone before we depart here
2: Oh, boy. Um, not really. I mean, I think, I think we shared a lot. Um, you know, there's just your opportunities in each county are all, all going to be a little different. You know, um, everyone has different resources and different audiences in, in your community. And I would just strongly recommend taking the time to analyze what all of those resources are out there. Um, You know, whether it's media, whether it's corporations, whether it's what nonprofits you have in your community, you know, and really just strategically thinking about how, you know, you can work together um, to just help each other's missions. And I think that's just a good place to start, and um, it will pay off in dividends in the end. Yeah,
3: I 100% agree with Cammy, and, and, you know, don't overcomplicate it. Do what do what you're able to do. Uh, you know, that quality over quantity. Um, take it one step at a time.
1: Excellent. Well, Kami, Shay, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to chat with me today. Uh, this is great stuff. I've got pages and pages of notes sitting here. Uh, my, my brain's going to be spinning all the rest of the day thinking about all the all the different ways I could use some of this information here at my department, and hopefully it, it helps others in the future. So uh, with that, we'll go ahead and sign off. Thank you so much, and uh, keep up the good work. And, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Chris.
3: Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Bye-bye.
3: Right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye.